Season one, episode one, chapter one, make your mark. Welcome to Starting Now, a Barry podcast presented by CinemaSins. This is Chris Atkins, and we're doing Starting Now, the Barry podcast. And this is Barrett Share over Hello. to my left. And Mike Hester. Hey, Yay. guys. Thanks you, for having me. You may know Mike from the What's the Damage videos. That's right. Because he made an appearance several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> We're going to be talking about Barry. We thought this was a show that we needed to talk about because it's... it's do you get the sense that people are talking about this show? I think it's just starting, ironically enough, with our title. I think the love is finally catching up to it. To be honest with you, I didn't even binge this until fairly recently, like maybe a month ago or so. Mm. Uh, and once I did, I caught the first episode when it aired. I loved it. I thought it was great. But then just kind of got behind on it, and I binged the rest of the first season and the beginning of the second season. And we watch a lot of TV shows between the, the the three of us, a lot of movies. This is the only one that I immediately emailed Chris and was like, or texted you and said, we need to do a podcast on this mm -hmm. because it's a 30 minute supposedly comedy, but there is so much stuff crammed into this show that I think it's rich enough to take a episode by episode breakdown and explore the themes, explore this duality of the characters. I think there's so much there to tease out, and I'm very excited. I'm aroused right now. Mm -hmm. I saw it uh, last fall, and I just had a weekend, and my family was all gone. It's just like I watched one episode, and it was like, oh, I'm I'm going to watch the rest of these <laughs> in the next two days because this is fantastic. They had all been out, and I had heard him uh, hate her on a different podcast. Uh, talking about it and it was just really intriguing what a great idea for a show uh, it's you know a hitman who <laughs> is trying to become something better something uh more interesting so uh, i just love the whole thing and and excited that season two yeah is coming out as well yeah so. it has that uh sort of beginning of what gross point blank was yes where John Cusack has started to lose taste for what he's doing. And he yeah. really begins to lose taste once he gets back to gross point and meets his old girlfriend again. Mm -hmm. And he really starts realizing what my life has sort of been uh, a waste at this point. Uh, and he's got the same background as Barry does. Too. These are almost the exact same conceit. Of course, he's got the, uh, the, the actor's studio, whatever that, that uh, Barry's going to, but it's a hitman having a crisis of conscience in a comedy, in an action comedy. I, they almost like dress the same. They're, they could be like brothers, basically, right? Mm -hmm. the, and, and I kind of, that kind of turned me off because I love Gross Point Blank. And I'm like, I don't need to see another Gross Point Blank. But then when it takes its turn into what it is, uh, you, you realize how different these works of art are. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised that it took a complete different uh, angle of this same story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the start of the episode. If I uh, dive right into it, I just love, you know, he's there. He, he has killed this guy in his bed and just has like no emotion whatsoever. Mm -hmm. He walks back and the next thing you see, he's in his house and he's just like, 
Uh, and he has this like was a Metallica poster on the wall. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah. very he just walked through and he takes a shower where his his head is like buried up against the wall and he just looks miserable. And then Fuchs comes in just to show what little barrier there is. He's just in his house. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's just there. And just right off the the start setting up that he basically has you know, no separation from him at all. And then immediately, you know, he gets signed another hit, and he has to leave right then. This guy has no control over life <laughs> at all. He has at to. All. He has to leave. But Fuchs makes him go to fucking Ontario yeah. <laughs> from Cleveland. Yeah, you got to cover your track. When in fact he's being cheap. It's not like it's not for any reasons of covering his tracks. And this is this is the this is the Ontario airport in California, like not Ontario, right, 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 Canada, right. and everything, but. Um, I like how how immediately you get these these characters are introduced and you know what they're about um, almost from the jump. Obviously, Fuchs is a sort of a what would you say? What, what's the what's a word for what that is? It, it really means fucks, right? Fuchs. Uh, I never like, really thought about there's, that. There's there are people named Fuchs, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think I think the name is basically like he's a fuck or he's a fuck up or he's a and that's exactly what he <laughs> makes is. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what he is. And you know, I mean, it would be stupid just to call him, you know, Monroe fucks. Yeah, <laughs> put Fuchs in there. It sounds kind of like the name, but it's not really. But yeah, immediately we know we know that uh, Barry doesn't like doing this stuff because. Uh, Fuchs tells him, "Is this just like the last time where you were in you were in the hotel room for two days mm -hmm. and everything, and uh, and you and then you decided to do it? You did it another two days before that, and blah blah, and and basically you get not only the fact that he is uh, sort of uh, hesitant to do these killings, but you're also getting the money crunch mm -hmm. that's in this thing. So they, the reason why they're going to L.A. is because it's time to make more money." And uh, they can go out and, and visit these Chechens yeah. out here, mm -hmm. who are also, by the way, new to L.A. Yeah. Um, but uh, but they can go out to L.A. and make some more money. And I, I can't remember. What, is it is it is it so that they can get out of this finally? Is is that why they go to L.A. That's, to sort of make that money? That's his reasoning for it. Yeah. And that's where it's interesting in this first episode because everything is on display, right? It's. It's the power dynamic between Fuchs and Barry because mm -hmm. he doesn't really have anything on him, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's just got this psychological hold on him, yeah. right? Um, you see that power dynamic, but then you know when uh, when Barry asks him when he says you know we're going out to L.A., he's like, well, okay, so is this the score that's going to basically allow us to leave? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to get to that. And he's like, well, when are we going to get to that, Fuchs? As he's leaving the room, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it sets it up so beautifully. Well, there's a, a tossed-off line somewhere. I don't know if it's in this episode or the next one that says that, what is it, Fuchs saved his dad or something? Yes. And it's, it's, he says he saved his dad in Nam, and then he Barry says, during, during Nam. Nam. <laughs> Sounds like a barracks in Connecticut or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the reason. That's what's so fucking great. And we're going to curse on this one. That's fine. That's what's so fucking great about this show is it'll cram in stuff like that. That's hilarious during, you know, talking about a very dangerous thing, like almost a dramatic scene. It's just inserted in there, like a nice pop. And when you watch them multiple times, like we have now, mm -hmm. you get all that stuff mm -hmm. and it just makes it richer and richer. But 
you know what actually surprised me when I first started watching this? I didn't realize that Stephen Root was was in this because it was billed very much as a Bill Hader production, mm-hmm. you know, because he was directing the first three or four episodes. Um, he uh, obviously was the face of the the franchise and all that. Henry Winkler got a lot of love even early on, rightfully so, and we'll get to him. Yeah. But Stephen Root, I, I didn't even see him in the marketing leading up to this. One of my favorite character actors of all time. Yeah. He's, but he's such a big name that I didn't expect him to be around very long. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to, to how that, uh, that, that comes out later on. But I, he's an awesome addition to this cast. Yeah. Uh, so the, the first thing that happens is, it, well, I love this too. The setup that Fuchs gives him is like, uh, you remember when you stabbed that guy in the nut? <laughs> Goron might be the type of guy who would really love to hear that story, uh-huh. so that you know that you go there, that you that you'll go there. And then, so like the first thing he tells him <laughs> in that meeting is just like, I just want, and I, one time I uh, stabbed a guy in a nut in the nut. Yeah, I just want you to know that I'm willing to go there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, Goron, and both Goron and Noho Hank, who's the like, you know, the best. The best. I love Noho Hank. <laughs> are both like, why would you do? Why, why would you? Would you do this? This? He goes, I'll shoot him. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him. I'll shoot. I think he's, he's going, going to shoot him. <laughs> he's going to shoot him. I love that line. <laughs> oh my god! No, it it sets it up perfectly to where like these Chechens look like they'd be formidable right like mm-hmm. this is a dangerous mob like you mm-hmm. can't fuck with these guys but immediately noho hank comes out there's like hi barry would you like a submarine uh, sandwich would you like some soda maybe beer <laughs> <laughs> and it's like hold on this guy and quickly especially in uh, episode two he establishes himself as I've never seen a character like this. No, no. I've certainly never seen a character like this in a mob-centric storyline. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. I, it's I want a whole great. separate NoHo Hank show, or at least like one off. But I don't want it to be like Better Call Saul or something where it's a completely <laughs> yeah. different thing. I just want him like 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 a fashion show. Are we going to go in and are we going to remodel this house? And it's NoHo Hank. Would you like a sub? Are we going to take out this wall over here? Are we going to do this? What do you think his deal is? You think, I mean, he's playing the character so unusually, far be it for me to speculate on this, but, uh, you know, is he playing it to be obviously gay, obviously homosexual, mm. or is it just because we never see him with any romantic interests or anything like mm-hmm. that, uh, is he playing it asexually? He's I think certainly he's got asexual. A, yeah. He's got yeah. a bond with Barry, obviously, almost immediately, mm-hmm. but but it's 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 just so unusual. You just kind of want to know what his deal is, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. How did he get over there? Did he was he like this all the time when he was I guess he was sent to LA cuz he's new or whatever? Did he like say, "Oh, I'm going to be LA now and change" or did did that like allow him to expand this personality or something? That's kind of what I think. I don't know. I mean, when when they later show the interaction with him and the family and stuff like that, I think that's pretty much who he is and probably LA accentuates him. Matter of fact, this is jumping way ahead, but in the most recent episode in episode 2, he comes out in 
like this crazy straw hat and like zinc oxide on uh-huh. his, on his thing and like bright sunglasses. It's fucking great. Yeah. Maybe they just send him out there just like, we don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that may be something. We're going to send him, maybe he can do something in California. I don't know. I don't so. know what his deal is, but I'm glad he's that way. I oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is, and, and I wonder how this auditioning process was, like how they, and he's, uh, Anthony Kerrigan is the actor's name and he was on uh, Gotham and he was on the flash and he was on parenthood um so he's he was a fairly well-known tv entity there right so to answer that question i think or some of that question i've avoided a lot of the behind the scenes stuff Mm -hmm. like hbo at least on demand puts inside looks at the episode and all that stuff at the end of the the show i skip all that stuff Mm -hmm. and i've read very little about this because i want to interpret it my own way right it's a weird thing normally i do like those behind the scenes stuff. yeah and, and now i am watching them uh-huh, because yeah. i feel like i can i you know if if there is something that they come up with that i didn't on my own then i'm i'm want to be able to to say that on this podcast yeah and i'm glad you guys are the one thing that i did read about uh anthony kerrigan and bill Hader was that it's within this episode so we're not spoiling anything but he gets shot uh, Nohal Hank gets shot yeah. at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. and he was positive that he was dead. And he was like, man, I really like this character, but I understand it's for the story and all that. And apparently Bill Hader came up to him after the table read, and he was like, dude, you're... you're your character is so gold that you're not going anywhere. Mm, yeah. So he reassured him right at so, that. So the, did they have him only for one episode at first? I think that's what he was expecting. I think oh, that's what okay. Anthony Kerrigan was expecting. Uh, but yeah, Bill Hader, because it was the pilot, and they, I guess they didn't know if they were going to get picked up, but he was like, if we go to series, man, you're you're in. And yeah. well, One thing I've gotten from watching those behind the episodes things is that they were writing it as they were going along, yeah. even skipping forward to like episode the last episode of the season they hadn't come up with everything yeah. so i think it's brilliant we'll, we'll we'll get to that much later it's brilliant the way that they they set it aside but i thought wow they are really doing this like as they go and they didn't have the full vision when they first started which is why one another reason why i think it's so incredible how the entire first season went so yeah it's almost like he's using like a south park model yeah. Which, of course, Bill Hader mm-hmm. has at least been in the writer's room with South Park and where they, they kind of keep it very almost uh, immediate, right? Mm-hmm. Like you really want, have to get this out within six days or whatever. I don't think he does that schedule. But <laughs> I yeah. don't think anyone does that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In one of these behind the scenes, I believe it's this episode, the first episode, they said that Fuchs was written to be one dimensionally all evil at mm. one point. And uh, they they realized that that kind of sucked, so they they added some they added some you know yeah. some detail to his character, and and uh, and that's good because when you have somebody like Stephen Root who's so good at all these, he's a he's a he's a true character actor. Like some people come in and they're like, oh well, there's that guy and he's doing his guy thing. Stephen Root always seems to have a character. He, he does. Put- Think about it, man. He makes everything better. Get out. He was awesome in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, where art thou? He was awesome in the office space. He's awesome yeah. in that. Like every character that he plays is very nuanced and it's very different from the other ones. And I never got to see news radio that much, but that was oh, another. Awesome that was that. another. That's another show that where he really sort of got his. I think everybody, everybody started realizing what a great you know actor this guy mm-hmm. is um but uh so 
his his hit is this is this guy who has been sleeping with Goron's wife. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's <laughs> no Hank again rearing his ugly head. Like here, he's like I, saw, I followed them and I saw that they went to the hotel and uh-huh. then he shows a video. <laughs> he shows <a> video. <laughs> and Goron's like, why would I want to see this? Why would you show this? <laughs> I need to set it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I brought my. And it's also the the debut of the lipstick camera. Uh-huh. Yes. yes, I brought. Yes. My camera. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he's so proud of that head. lipstick. Yes. Uh. He's so proud of it. So his his um, job is to kill this guy who uh, has been sleeping with his wife, and this guy just happens to be uh, someone who goes to this acting troupe that is, or not a troupe, but I guess an acting class right. uh, that is run by Henry Winkler that we've already talked about, uh, but not in detail yet. Henry Winkler is a great in this yeah gene cousineau oh, she's great. yeah uh-huh. it's yeah i have so many questions about this character yeah okay when he it's interesting in the first episode he's almost shown as a caricature which i think you have to to mm-hmm. to to, uh, to get this out in a pilot episode right he is this great actor uh that presents himself as a great actor but you can also tell you know he's got some financial issues he's very cheap yeah He's uh, he's demanding of his students while maybe not being as accomplished as he says he is. Uh, his first big scene really is getting a perform uh, an emotional performance out of Sally Reed, yeah. uh, who becomes the love interest for Barry, and successfully. And so you can mm-hmm. see this dynamic between him and his students. You see how talented Sally is, and. All these introductions are just fucking perfect, they, man. They're all great. I love right at the start when when Hater's sitting out. I call him Hater like he's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Hater. But he, sit, he comes up there in that shitty green car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they have the two cones set out where Henry Winkler is going to park. <laughs> As if there's like a hundred parking spots in this lot, but he has those two cones. They go get those two cones. They're all excited to see him because they think he's this wonderful teacher. I love that that's set up. And then I love that they go in and I love the introduction of Sally then where she is someone who's having trouble getting there. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we see more uh as the season goes, that becomes a dynamic. And we see that right away, that she needs that external thing mm-hmm. uh, to go, and then he brings it out of her. So and it's really cool. And then, of course, Bill Hader is back in the back <laughs> watching all of that. Yeah, the, the the intros just basically just keep coming. The the cone thing that you just talked about basically tells us all we need to know about mm-hmm. Gene Cousineau. Uh, when, he, when Barry is approaching the place where they're doing all this acting and everything, you hear Sally doing Magnolia. (laughs) 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 It's so funny that this, this particular scene is being, is being like rehearsed and she's like trying to get into it. She's on the stairs and everything. (laughs) And he comes up and it completely screws up her vibe and her character. Again, you see everything you need to know about her character, right? I mean, we're going to get, we're, you know, we'll dive deeper into her character. It, but this is her surface all the time. Mm-hmm. This like, oh, you screwed me up, and it's it's other mm-hmm. people's fault. Yeah, and and, uh, and uh, then going in and going on stage and then doing a garbage performance, and then you know getting Cousineau to come in and help her out and everything. 
but yeah, he comes in and uh, the guy he's supposed to kill, his name is Ryan Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's like comes in towards the tail end of this and says, "Hey, are you in the class? Oh, well, come and help me." And this other guy wouldn't show up or something. I don't. Remember. He had to go to a catering shop yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then uh, it ends up Barry just kind of comes in and dude does the true romance. <laughs> the gary oldman thing thing from true romance (laughs) the ridiculous wig oh my Uh, god (laughs) and you get the idea immediately like most of these guys aren't very good actors yeah yeah exactly even even when even i don't maybe you guys disagree but even when kuzino turned sally around sally's performance is still not like great no 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 but yeah you definitely see the well there's a difference for sure you only see in the first episode you only see her and ryan do their scenes um so yeah i I think there's already a disparity but yeah she's not all the way there and Mm -mm. you know she does eventually get all the way there and that's really cool to see and that's what i'm saying is that he's a successful teacher yeah like he's able to He's got silly methods and everything, and I think he's obviously got an overinflated ego, but he's able to coax out something from Sally and eventually other characters. I think Kuzno is one of these actors who has, in the past, he's been on a lot of sets, he's he's been in productions, but he's never been the main thing. Mm-hmm. And so based off of the who he's met and what he's been on and everything, he's built this uh, persona that's way bigger than it than it is there's a i don't know if it, i think it's in the it might be the second episode where uh where barry is reading the uh the hit your hit your mark and mm-hmm. read yeah. your lines book or whatever that kuzino's come <laughs> out with and uh there's a picture in there and it says delta, delta burke, burke is, is a piece, is of, a piece work. of work <laughs> <laughs> and it's like him I, I don't even know if i see him in the picture of the designing women thing i kept looking like is he in that picture i don't think he's younger like no i don't think i don't think he's even in the picture (laughs) Uh -uh. that's the other part the other subtle part of that is like he wasn't even an extra like he he wasn't even there like in this scene but he oh delta burke's such a a Uh piece of work um when they go back to that book and they they do in later episodes and he's uh you know he, he keeps having these things like you know i've not been invited i forget who it was like patrick swayze he said or something i'm like, not invited to his funeral or i forget what do you remember what it was exactly uh, no. no there's all kinds of stories there's about like th- ralph yeah. macchio and uh-huh. I, 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 I will i will say that you know just uh, uh full disclosure i saw the first season of barry as it happened mm-hmm. uh one one week at a time and i watched the two rewatched the two episodes for this podcast uh for, and for the next one that we're about to do but uh but i i don't remember all of that stuff that happened after yeah. that and mm-hmm. i've watched season two obviously mm-hmm. too so well, he, he's just such a name dropper in these books but they're always these subtle hints of like those celebrities really didn't want him to be around oh yeah <laughs> so, oh yeah 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 of course barry uh after he does this performance in true romance which is the christian slater line where like you know like a peace of mind is a peace of mind is all you're gonna get or something like that Uh and uh and uh that's i mean he he reads it off straight up like any non-actor would Mm -hmm. but then everybody claps after the scene and he sort of gets that like Mm -hmm. idea that that clapping's for him yep and he suddenly gets the acting bug yep from that and uh 
he not only that, but they go out and have drinks later at this place called Residuals. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. get the five cent check on the wall. Yeah, 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 and they're all like bonding and everything. And this is something that he's never done with a mark before. Or it or, seems like, well, I guess with his marine buddies, but like I don't think I get the sense that he's never done. Oh, this just being a bar at all. Yeah, you know, uh, outside of the military, and that's why. God, Bill Hader is such an elastic performer. Mm-hmm. He can do anything, but he's so stoic and awkward because his character is in this show, uh, especially at the beginning, that it's almost shocking to see. Like, he just doesn't know how to process this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. friendship, like people, you know, uh, asking him about his life and things like that. He, It's just hard to process. And then eventually uh, Ryan gets, she says he's got seven DUIs, uh-huh. so he has to drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he has, like, he is so easily influenced with this. He has to keep going with it. And it doesn't matter really what the consequences are. It doesn't matter that he's involved with the Chechen mob at this point. Like, yeah. He is so empty inside that just this one day, a few hours, is something that he has to just keep going with. Yeah. And yeah. it I mean, there is a little bit of a a cliched she's not a manic pixie dream girl, but like, you know, he almost immediately falls in love with Sally. Yeah. Well, and there's she's that there nice dancing. slow motion glistening. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I fell in love with her too, but yeah. like Sarah Goldberg is fantastic. I had never really seen her in anything nah, me either. before this. Um but yeah, and then she gives him a kiss on the cheek and he's just he's smitten with the lifestyle with the class and with her to where he ends up hugging his fucking mark yeah and yeah. that sets the rest of the thing and the chechens are watching mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes exactly. they are <laughs> and uh setting up the big conflict for this so i'm trying to remember now because i watched the two back to back that's how that ends right they that there is it is it it's the next night it's the next night so all the stuff with uh, them getting kidnapped, does that happen? In- well, that's, that's the, the second episode. That's, that's the, what I'm about to say. I think the next thing after that, so he sees him, he's hugs, and then Fuchs calls him and says Fuchs on his phone. And he's like, hey, I'm outside. And he's outside his window. Yeah. And he's like knocking. He's like, and uh, so he actually looks in and he comes in and says, you know, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. They saw you hugging your mark. And uh, we have to do this or they're, you know, they're going to take you off the job. And that would that would be very bad in many ways. So then he goes and actually wants to talk to Gene about it and tells him his whole story. Oh, that's well, the, the scene outside of his truck. Happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but, you know, before this, ha- I think we're getting into the minutia, but I think it's a very important moment where he tells Fuchs what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I got I, you know, I got out on stage and like I felt stuff. And actually, this could be my calling this could be what I, what i'm mm-hmm. what i'm made to do and, and it's it's such an interesting scene especially relative to how those two characters develop because first of all there's a little bit of comedy in there where fuchs turns the chair around and tries to like saddle up but it's got arms just little things like that yeah. but then he he threatens him he says you know this is acting as a face forward profession yes when you chose this you close the door mm-hmm. on anything else. Yeah. And reminding him and then god damn it, I love this this scene because Barry shuts down. He becomes right back into that depressed, emotionless, just staring straight forward. Okay, yeah, you're right. And and it just zaps all of that enthusiasm out of him. And that's where he says, "All right, well, I've got to I've got to go and and take care of this." 
But on the way, that's where he stops by Kuznos because he was supposed yeah. to do a monologue to get into the class, right? Yeah. Right. And Henry Winkler's just absolutely brutal to him. He's like, you know, this is not for you. And he's right, obviously. Yeah. There's, there's no part of what he's seen that could even say, like, I can work with this until he tells him his life story. And that's such an important moment yes. for later yeah. in the season. I uh, love this fucking yeah. show. Yeah, the uh, the so he goes right into the truth, which is another gross point blankism. Yep, because uh, nobody's gonna believe it. Yeah, all during the <laughs> all, all during that whole gross point blank, he keeps saying, "I'm a professional killer," and people just think he's joking. <laughs> you and, get dental with that. Yeah, and uh, and in this one, he says the same thing. I'm you know I'm uh, I'm, I'm really good at killing people. I came back from mm-hmm. Afghanistan. This and that happened, so on and so forth, and then. And then Kuzno is like, well, nobody who actually does this stuff would actually tell me this, right? Mm-hmm. So that must have been your monologue, and that's brilliant. Yeah, you and, improved all that. Yeah. yeah, and so everything, that's a, that's a thing that this show does really well about the truth with everything, mm-hmm. like the truth in acting, so-called, so yep. forth. Does that, it's been doing it really well in the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know how how people how about people use that truth and then how people respond to that truth yeah you know it's, because it's it's almost unbelievable that winkler or kuzino wouldn't believe him right because he's he's heretofore emotionless but when he's talking about this it's a great scene beautiful acting um when he's talking about this it it has to be true there's no way this guy can make this stuff up. But Cousineau is so up his own ass that he would not, and he's so in his world of acting and everything, that this could not be real. It is impossible for this to be real. And I think that's what informs what he's what he's saying. It's so obvious that it can't be obvious, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a brilliant scene. Yeah, he has to just see that all the time where people probably just, all his students come up to him and just start acting. That's just a normal yeah, yeah. thing for him. Yeah. And then he assumes it's from a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's that? Yeah. I love what's yeah. That yeah. <laughs> And at this point, this is where he, he says, all right, well, I'm in the class, but I still have to do my job. Yep. And mm-hmm. so he goes and tries to kill Ryan, but finds out that Ryan has already been killed yes. by the by the Chechen assassin. <laughs> And, and you uh, see all uh-huh. these, these marks on the windshield <laughs> yeah, where he misses. He uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and then he's walking to it. He's trying to load his gun and he can't yeah. load it. He's like, don't do this. Don't do yeah. this. Or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's what, something so like that. Saying, don't, point that don't, don't point that gun at me. Yeah. And then he just goes and just blasts off on all three of them in the car. And, you know. That's the scene that sold this show to me. Mm-hmm. That's the scene. Like I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it up until that scene. But that scene is where he becomes a badass. Like he shows mm. off how much of a badass he actually is, right? He's like, "Don't do that, don't," and yeah. fucking takes out three of what we think are very highly trained professional mm-hmm. Chechen mobsters, and he's just like, "Fuck," you know. He just throws the fucking gun over and goes over to the restaurant. Yeah, well, and that that too is another thing that I loved about after he shot all those people, he doesn't start running. Yeah. He just kind of like, okay, now I got to look like I'm just a normal dude on the mm-hmm. sidewalk and just gets into that mode. Like, was it throws the gun? He, he runs on past his station wagon and goes right to the diner. And then these cop cars come by <laughs> and then the waitress comes by. Oh, why? What was that? And he goes, he's like, do you have any specials? <laughs> you know, like, doesn't even acknowledge the cop car. That's something that happens in LA every day. You know, uh, by the way, Melissa Villasenor is the, the waitress. Oh, from that's SNL. right. That's right. She's awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's how that ends. Yeah. I, I, and he says, it. I'm an actor. So he is totally bought in. Yeah. And he's, you're absolutely right. He says, he doesn't even consider the consequences. He just knows that he wants to do this. Exactly. And that sets up the entirety of the character development. There's so many times that I'm watching this and I totally forget that it's Bill Hader and Henry Winkler, which is amazing that they're that such great actors. I have several times where I have to step back and I'm like, this is Stefan and the Fonz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, but they're, they're not They're because they're just they're so fantastic working together. Bill Hader has has shown over the years, though, if you haven't. I mean, he's he's been in a lot of stuff that isn't just comedies like, mm-hmm. you know, Skeleton Twins. Mm-hmm. And, uh documentary now is where i thought i've i was about to bring that up he just does something different with every with every one of those yeah and he's just show i mean he's funny in documentary now but he's different kind of funny than you've mm-hmm. ever seen him and uh, it just shows that he's got he's got range even though he's he's kind of an awkward kind of actor it seems like at times but he's got range he's got a lot of knowledge about oh, yeah. movies oh, yeah. too you can tell that in everything that he does uh, and Henry Winkler is another one of those guys. I mean, he had that that moment in Scream where it was like, oh, he's not the Fonz anymore. Mm-hmm, he's playing mm-hmm. the principal. And he was good in that. And then he has an Arrested Development. Uh, he was on that a little bit. And I was like, man, this is he's actually like, you know, really shedding that Fonz. Like, I don't even see. I didn't watch much Happy Days back in the day. Now, I did know him from that. But he was iconic. He was iconic. But. So- I don't really think of Fonz anymore with Henry Winkler any time that I see him. Well, you don't. I was just bringing that out to no, just no. say how far he, how how much more he has done since then and how incredible of an actor he is and why he's just perfect for this role. Mm-hmm. He's all in on this one, man. Uh-huh. And he won the, the Emmy, right, uh, last year uh, for for this performance. I believe Bill Hader actually won an Emmy for his he performance, He has never too. won an Emmy, I don't think. Let me see. Oh, he did win. It just, IMDb is stupid. They put Golden Globes first. Emmy's way more prestigious. And it, it was interesting. This was, when he won that award, I was like, and he was on the Malton podcast too. And I was like, wow, well, I really should go back and revisit Barry if, if this is such a good performance. And really glad I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first se- first episode is a great introduction into this. And I, and uh, the season uh, progressively gets better and better as it mm-hmm. goes along. And the second season so far has been that way. So outstanding that first episode. Yes. Make your mark, which has a double meaning. That's yes, right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anything else that we need to talk about about this episode? No, I can't wait to get into episode two. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, so that was episode one. Uh, that was episode one for us as well. That's I guess right, we're hey. just going to have an episode that just corresponds with their numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's right, oh, my baby. goodness. That's so weird. <laughs> um, no, uh, that'll do it for episode one of Starting Now, the Barry Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is Chris Atkinson, Barry Sharon, and Mike Hester. 